The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. So today we have with us Reggie Dance, who is the VP at Coin Communications. And I was just actually talking to Reggie. He's been there for eight years, huh? Yes. Hold on. Let me look, look at my LinkedIn and double check. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay. Well, you can, you can, you can double check that. But, but Reggie, Reggie wrote, the reason um, we invited Reggie on today is Reggie wrote a piece last week called Dear Corporate America, Acknowledge, Listen, and Take Action. And um, it's, it's a great piece, and we'll have a link to it here in the show notes. And I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk to Reggie about kind of how COIN is getting brands to act in this kind of pivotal moment, you know, as we are, you know, amid the, these protests um, in the U.S. about racial justice, specifically about Black Lives Matter. Um, well, welcome to the show, Reggie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And it's uh, eight years and, and nine months at COIN. Oh, wow. You could have rounded up and you just could have yeah. said years. After, after about five years, you kind of stopped counting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you'll be a decade or soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Reggie, thank you so much for, for joining us and thanks for, for, um, for, for writing this piece. So, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about before we got started was what's different this time around. I mean, there's a lot of things that are different, but one thing that's been notable with brands is Brands are actually saying Black Lives Matter this time. Right. They're not just saying let's stand up to hate, let's stand up to racism. They are really specifically talking about what's at stake here. And I wanted to get your take on that and why you think that's changed. Yeah, um, I think first and foremost, it's fantastic that, you know, a lot of brands and, you know, the general public as a whole has, you know, finally started to accept the term Black Lives Matter and understand what that means and, you know, not take it as a negative connotation as it has in the past. Um, you know, but I think it comes from a lot of brands understanding that you have to take accountability um, and, you know, acknowledge what the issue is. And, you know, the issue in America has been racism um, and, you know, the issues with, you know, police reform or, you know, police brutality have really brought things to light, you know, with this pandemic. and it's really finally, I, I like to think that, you know, in America, it took a pandemic and no sports for people to finally start to listen and understand what is going on in this country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have that time frame where you can really see organizations, and I think that's what's happening. Um, and a lot of it is also you have consumers who are no longer accepting the status quo. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, if we're gonna support you, you have to support us as well. And I think that's reflection of what you're seeing today. Right, right. So you know, one of the things that that I um, that, you, that you mentioned was sort of acknowledgement in your piece, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to ask you what that looks like. So um, it starts with, you know, a simple thing, saying Black Lives Matter. <laughs> that, that's acknowledgement, um, saying that there is racism going in the country, you know, because a lot of times, you know, people will take their own perspective and say, well, I don't see it. Or, you know, in my mind, there isn't much racism. And if it is, it's, it's, it's spread out few and far in between. So it's not that bad of an issue. 
Um, and I think now people are starting to really see that it's a lot bigger than what they originally thought and taking into account other people's feelings as opposed to their own experiences. So I think that's why you're starting to see that acknowledgement. So, you know, one of the things that I, I've noticed this time around is it seems like brands are making two pledges, right? Especially, you know, the ones that are speaking up. Um, one is they're, they're reflecting their own DNI practices, how they recruit, retain, and also promote, um, not only right. people of color, but, but they're, you know, they're black employees. And then on the other side, I mean, when, when, when you're saying things like Black Lives Matter and you're, and you're, and you're writing checks to, to some of these organizations, you're also making a pledge to fight systematic, you know, systemic racism, right? Um, you know, the, the bigger institutional problem. I mean, so, I mean, do you feel like that's how brands are thinking about this? Is there are two fronts to this, this issue? Yes, definitely. Um, I feel like they're finally taking an extra step because you know, in years past, you know, you would see brands part of, you know, um, I guess their community service or, you know, their, their give back initiative, they would donate monies to different organizations. Um, but that that's all it would really be. You never really saw what the action plan was um, or what the follow up was or actual partnership with these organizations that they're donating money to. It's almost like writing a check and just kind of moving on um with your business per se so now i see that a lot of brands are really taking that extra step and you know donating but also you know creating a plan to work together so it, it's really good to see um you know obviously there's some brands who are really leading the charge and you know others are still have a lot of work to do but what i've seen is you know you have brands that are recognizing that we have to do our part as well so, which is, which is great. Yeah, I'm curious uh, which brands you think are doing um, the best job. I mean, I, I did it. Um, I, I, I've been amazed at what I've seen from Ben and Jerry. Yeah, that, that's what I, that, that, that one yeah. keeps coming up, yep. I never had Ben and Jerry before, but now, like, that's my brand. <laughs> mm -hmm. I go out and buy Ben and Jerry, like I haven't seen a brand that has been as forceful and you know putting their stake in the ground. Never mind politics, never mind where you stand. This is what we believe. This is who we are about, and this is what we're gonna do. So I think Ben and Jerry has been fantastic. Um, you've always seen brands such as you know Nike that have been very very progressive for years now, always been the leader. But you know this past weekend you saw Brand Jordan take a step further and say we're going to donate a hundred million dollars over 10 years and you know you see michael jordan coming out and personally taking uh, a stance someone who's been criticized heavily over the years for not speaking up uh, so when you see brands like that like if you're going to donate a check they're really donating a check they're really making a difference mm -hmm. you know so amazon as well when you go out and see one of the world's richest men in the world and post the response to a customer and you know it, it really shows that you know people are noticing you know what we bring to the table why we should be treated equally as people and you know just acknowledging that the world needs to change and as uh, one of the most influential brands in the world we're gonna help direct that because I think what people realize now is you know things are gonna change I feel like finally and what side of history are you going to be on when this happens? Are you going to be a brand that is silent 
and you know just kind of very passive and, and don't take a position or are you going to be known as one of the brands who were a leader or who fought for the movement for you know to end racism in america so I, I want to return to that in a second because I, I am curious if you if you're counseling brands that are that are hesitant to, to what their um, you know what their reasoning is, um, but but I want to go back to you know we, we you talked okay. about um, the, the hundred million dollars over ten years and that's kind of a long term commitment. Right. So I'm curious, like you know, as, as you're advising brands, how can brands make this commitment not only um, sustainable, but also scalable, right? So that, you know, they, that they can, you know, apply this, um, you know, across their offices, across brands, if it's a, if it's a, you know, a bigger company, um, how other people can borrow it and, and, you know, amend it to their own, um, goals and their own organizations. So, you know, we all know that eventually, you know, the hashtags will stop trending, uh, that the protests will, will kind of mm -hmm. fade out. How do we keep this front and center this time um, after all of those, you know, after the momentum isn't, isn't nearly as strong? Okay. I think that's where the partnerships come into place. Um, because, you know, obviously, you know, right now it's a big topic and it, it's front and center. Um, but, you know, a couple of months from now when NFL season starts and, you know, people are start to be distracted and go start resuming their normal lives, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, this, this movement continues. Um, and, you know, it starts with going back and organizing with different groups within your communities where you do business. Um, I think that's very important. Um, but it's also starting and maintaining a dialogue with your employees. Because if your employees are in an environment where they feel that they can you know, speak their mind and, you know, offer some solutions, then that it's going to continue because your employees are going to hold you accountable as an organization and they're going to make they're going to become the drivers of you know whatever initiative you stand by and support so you know those are the things that are really going to drive it but then also from a consumer standpoint you know it's really hit a point where people are fed up and if, if you're not supporting us you're against us basically so so, so people are well, that's an, that's an interesting point because you know I I am curious about like are there brands that are that, I mean I mean like like that, that are coming to you and saying look like we don't know what to say and um, and maybe <clears throat> hesitant um, even though there's plenty of examples right now I mean of, of, of I would I don't know if your experiences it seems like most consumer brands are are are, take, are, are putting a stake in the ground here. Um, or do you have brands coming to you that are not sure or that are confused and yeah, advising them? Absolutely. That's actually what sparked um, the blog. Hmm. So after having several conversations, you know, you, you had some brands that, you know, wanted to be at the forefront, but others, they weren't sure. They wanted to play it safe. Mm -hmm. or, you know, they just kind of felt like, you know, we should be quiet on this one. We're not experts. Or you know, maybe we haven't been the most vocal organization as a whole, so we don't want to seem authentic and, you know, we don't have the credibility to back up what we're saying. So it was after those, those conversations um, and really having some brands come back and, you know, kind of wanted to play conservative and then after reading the blog, come back and say, you know what, we're going to take a different stance, you know, that I, I felt that made it made things worthwhile. Um, mm -hmm. Really, you know, a matter of 
really having those honest and uncomfortable conversations because they were very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, really taking a moment to reflect as an organization what you stand for and what you're about. You know, that, that keeps coming up um, in all the conversations I'm having is this idea that we need to become uncomfortable. We need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? That's um, very, very true. And, and, and that, you know, one of the things you point out is, you know, organizations need to make sure that employees feel like they can speak their minds without fear mm -hmm. of corporate backlash or just being labeled. I think you mentioned in your blog, sort of an angry black person. Um, right. What can organizations do right now to make it safe because for, for, for people to speak out um you know because one of the things that you know as i talk to leaders is so many of them are doing these town halls these these sort of listening sessions and i'm curious kind of how you how you can make that both safe and also effective levers of, of change right I, I think it's going to start with building some sort of trust because you can do a town hall and still feel you know what i really can't speak up my mind Mm -hmm. Unless it's coming from senior leaders. If your senior leaders aren't speaking up, if your senior leaders aren't taking that extra step to reach out to, you know, their black employees and really have those personal human conversations to say, hey, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? Or, you know, just giving them an opportunity to, you know, express themselves and just show that you have concern as a human being, you know those are trust builders. And, you know, from there, you can start to have those conversations outside of general company listening session or town hall and event session, because that's what you don't want it to be is perceived as event session, mm -hmm. really, you know, uh, opportunity for some honest dialogue on what you can be doing as an organization, because there's always room for improvement. Yeah. And I, I wonder, because, you know, I was reading something um, about how, like, for a lot of people, it's quite and it shouldn't be, but it, because, you know, it's not their fault, but it's embarrassing to talk about some of their encounters with racism and, and talking about it in a public forum may not feel comfortable, um, even if it is safe. It, they, some people may not want to do that. Do you think having some of these conversations in a, in a, in a more intimate um, environment maybe would, would help, like having, you know, smaller groups or doing one-on-ones? Because, you know, obviously people also are not doing them in person right now, right? They're having these virtual Zoom right. conversations. So it can feel really, I, I would imagine, intimidating to have like 50 or 100 people like right um, on a Zoom call trying to talk about a really sensitive issue that hits people really personally. Yeah, I, I think so. But I also think that people are so angry mm -hmm. that you want to share your experiences because you want to, you know, make it known what our experiences are. You want to almost educate people to say, hey, my experiences are completely different from yours. And here are just a few examples of that. Um, I know personally, you know, I, 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 I spoke about that a little bit in my blog. Uh, you know, those are things that typically in the past I would have just kind of kept to myself or maybe shared with a couple of people. But, you know, you want to take it upon yourself to you know, just really educate people. Um, I think it all depends on the person, but now so more than ever, people are are, are so angry that they want to share those experiences okay. as much as possible. I mean, you'll see it on the workplace, I believe, um, social media, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think the environment is, is, you know, welcoming to it now more so than ever before. You know, one of the things that, um, 
that comes up again and again and again, and I've been covering diversity for a long time, is these microaggressions, these, these moments that are, that are so subtle that, um, you know, they're almost impossible to, to talk about with somebody who didn't see it or doesn't get it. Right. And, and it's one of the reasons that, that, we, that we see, you know, people of color, but especially, you know, black employees not stay at organizations, not be promoted um, into the leadership ranks. What advice would you give the industry on in dealing with microaggressions? You know, um, that's a very, very real issue. And I'm glad that you brought that up because it happens. And as a black male, you don't want to come across as being confrontational because then you feel like, you know, I'm putting my career at risk mm -hmm. or, you know, people won't understand or say, oh, it's just in your head as, you know, they don't understand or they don't get it. Um, you know, I think that it starts with so a little bit of accountability from an organization standpoint and, you know, starting to take a look at your hiring practices. Um, and I, I don't think that's something that's going to be, you know, fixed overnight. That's going to be an ongoing conversation. That's going to be an ongoing process. Um, and that really won't change until you have a diverse leadership group and, and, you know, not just gender, you know, so if you don't have people in leadership that can support and understand these experiences, when, you know, employee makes a claim that they won't go disregard it as they may have in the past, it even comes up because a lot of times you just keep it to yourself or you'll call, go home and call one of your friends and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But if you share that with, you know, your white coworker, they'll say, you know, I don't really understand. I didn't see it. Or maybe you're looking at it wrong. Right. I mean, it seems like the, the peer industry in particular has spent, you know, the last few years has made tremendous and amazing progress around gender, right? I mean, we now have women on mm -hmm. most, almost all leadership committees. We have female CEOs of, of some of the top five agencies, which we, was unheard of five years ago. Do you think some of that same energy can be, uh, you know, or even resources or thinking can be applied to, um, to having more diverse leadership as well, outside of just gender, like actually having people of color in the leadership ranks? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that, you know, the same priority, which has been in the industry in terms of having, you know, more diverse uh, female leadership should be applied, you know, to, you know, from a race perspective, uh, you know, I feel like people have talked about it, but haven't really done anything. Uh, but, you know, I, 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 I think it's a matter of, you know, acknowledgement and, you know, really understanding that you have to do something different from a recruiting standpoint um, and, you know, giving people opportunities. Right. Right. And, and, and what I always find key is like an, an opportunity to grow within the organization. Right. I mean, some, some organizations, will, you know, they, they, at, the, at, the, at the junior ranks, you know, they have diversity. But then as you start to move up the, the, the ladder, right, you're, you're, it seems like there's a gap between who's actually getting promoted, who's staying at the organization long enough to get promoted. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that that's, that's key. One of the things that you said in your blog that really hit was um, how, you know, the, the day that you published the blog, you wanted to take a PTO day, you wanted to take a day. And, and I wonder, you know, at a time where we're, we're dealing with so much stress already, I mean, well, first of all, PR already is a high stress work environment, right? And then plus we're dealing with, with a pandemic, 
we're dealing with having, as we talked about at the beginning of the call, having kids in the house, you know, juggling so many stressors. And then now, um, you know, for, especially for, for, for black employees, I mean, there's, there's a civil rights movement happening. Right. Um, what, what advice would you give both, you know, it could be agency and it could be brand about how to take care of your black employees right now? Uh, I think it's, I, I think it starts with the senior leadership within your organization, um, reaching out to just be a human, you know, and just think about someone other than yourself for a minute and just kind of understand what's going on. If you have any sort of relationship with your employees, it's taking a moment to say, hey, you know, um, how are you doing, you know, or just giving them an opportunity to talk. And I know that it is uncomfortable or you feel like, hey, you know, I don't want to offend anybody or I don't want to say the wrong thing. Um, but, you know, just some sort of a communication to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, that there's, you know, issues going on and, you know, just trying to be a little bit of, a little bit more understanding because we all, you know, kind of have different outlets on, you know, how we cope with, with, with stress factors. Um, you know, so it's like, if you notice something different about your employee, don't just say, you know, okay, this person is disengaged or, you know, they're, they're, they're not focused, you know, just kind of figure out what, what's going on with them and take, take into consideration, you know, the climate that we're in today. So um, I don't think that was particularly happening previously. So, you know, hopefully now, you know, people are starting to try to have those conversations um, and, and be more human. Right. So a year from now, where would, in an ideal world, where would you like us to be? And not even an ideal world. I mean, I, I'm gonna take that back. I'm gonna say a year from now, given the momentum of, the, of this moment, how do we, how do we, carry this forward and where would you like to see us be a year from now? From, from an industry standpoint? Or yeah, from, but, well, both, both industry and brand. It'd be interesting to get your perspective on both. Um, you know, well, from a country standpoint, I, I would hope and pray that uh, we would have shown a little bit more progression from a political standpoint in terms of police reform and, you know, understanding that, you know, some things need to be changed and really you know, from that standpoint, it's just about accountability. That's it. You know, just, you know, having equal, equal due process just in terms of you know, what the ramifications are for police brutality and, and, and things like that. You know, just having to be able to have the same experience as, you know, a white male counterpart who is just the same as me, but just a different skin color. Mm -hmm. so, you know, those are the things that, you know, would be the first step and the first start to really, really making a change in the community. Um, and from a PR industry standpoint, you know, from a year from now, hopefully people have been having conversations and they're starting to get some sort of understanding that, you know, we see some sort of an uptick from uh, a hiring and a promotion standpoint. Cause I think one, one thing that brands fail to realize that when you have a diverse um, employee base, it only makes you better because in different perspective, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings with people and they say, well, oh, I didn't think of that or I didn't even realize that. And, you know, that's not wrong. It's not their fault. It's just that we all have different perspectives. 
um, you know, different cultures, and it helps make us to be better, more rounded as an organization. And instead of seeing it as a threat and seeing it as an asset, you know, I think that would be a, a huge, huge difference. Um, and really just making people a little bit more comfortable in terms of expressing themselves at work. Right. Um, and also less, less, less tolerance for ignorance yeah. you know, in the workplace. So uh, as you mentioned before, a lot of times, you know, there's just subtle instances where, you know, as a black person, you're, you could be one of, you're the minority. So there might be a couple of you in an organization of, you gotta have 200 employees in your organization um, and there could be five black people, maybe that work there. So taking that into consideration, things that you might hear that you feel are a little um, ignorant and and, and racist, just having the ability to communicate like, hey, you know, this didn't make me feel good. Let let me explain this to you why. Or, you know, having other people hold their coworkers accountable if they hear something and, you know, putting them to the carpet and saying, listen, like you can't act like that or like having zero tolerance. So I, th- I think those are the things that, you know, are very feasible, whether or not they're implemented within a year, I don't know, but you know, that would be real, real change. Right. I mean, I, I think that's really key. It's like less tolerance for ignorance. Cause so like so many of right. the regressions, they come from, from a place of ignorance. Um, mm-hmm. and, yeah. And, and, and that's what makes, the day-to-day work environments for, you know, employees of color, it can impact women, it can specifically impact, you know, women of color, black women in particular. Right. Um, you know, these, I mean, that, that I think from the conversations I've had, and I mean, honestly, even just my own experience, I mean, dealing with the microaggressions would, would, would make, would really help change the work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, totally agree. So Reggie, this has been a really great conversation. Is there anything that I haven't asked about that you want to mention? Um, I think that I think that brands really have an opportunity to make change in society because brands have uh, political clout. They have tax revenue. And when brands start holding local politicians accountable for their actions and behavior, I think you can really start, you know, seeing a difference. And that's when they're really being corporate citizens. So if you're a brand and you have um, a large amount of employees in that particular city and you make a stance and you say, listen, like, we're not going to tolerate being in this city if you continue to act like this or if things don't change with the police department or whatever the case may be, you know, you can really make an impact in the world. So it's really brands understanding their power and not just taking a safe route and saying, hey, you know, we don't want to, you know, anger a portion of our consumer base. Mm-hmm. So at some point you just have to take a stance on what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. So when, when, when brands have the courage to do that, um, you know, I, I think that you'll see a big difference on a number of levels. How much progress do you think we've seen in terms of brands using their power or, you know, understanding, you know, how much power they have in the situation to say, yes, like we won't, you know, we won't have our HQ in in the city unless you guys 
deal with this. I mean, we, we saw brands stand up in that way around LGBTQ, um, right. right? So, I mean, how much progress do you think we've made around brands doing this around police? I don't think it's a voice that they've used uh, much. Um, I mean, you brought up you you brought up a good point. You know, you can go back. I I think from a sports standpoint, you saw it a little bit with the NBA with Charlotte and the NBA All Star Game, um, and you know, removing Donald Sterling as owner of the Clippers. So sports has been a little bit more progressive, uh, but there's still a lot more that can be done. So imagine if the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Timberwolves um, stepped up and to action you know i know it's you know sounds easier than it, it may sound like you know it's easy to just go out and do this and you know, make these change but you know they do have the power to you know influence the local government and you know impact society mm -hmm. wow well this is this is a really important conversation and, and i hope that we will well two things i hope that you continue to to post um i hope there's a follow-up to your blog um, and I also hope that we can continue this conversation. Um, you know, I, when I speak to industry leaders right now, many of them are in listening mode right now. So mm -hmm. um, this seems like a, there's, there's a moment right now that we can really impact change. So um, yeah, Reggie, I hope that, hope that you, 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 keep, um, you keep talking about this. Yeah, I mean, it's great that brands are in listening mode. That's the action, they, that, that's the, uh, part of this uh, phase that they should be in, uh, but then action and, and deliverables. Right. Um, and, you know, so I'm always here and I enjoyed speaking with you and, you know, let's, let's keep this going. Absolutely. Well, this, this was another episode of, of the Provoke Media podcast. I want to thank Reggie Dance, our, our guest, and I want to thank Marketeers, our production team, and we'll be back soon with another episode. All right. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist marketers.